0: hello 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 welcome to the edge of comfort podcast where we explore the adventures perspectives and philosophies of world travelers i am your host lee thornquist and thank you for listening today first off let me ask you a question if you had a week off from work what would you do with your time Your answer might be a little different from what my guest today decided to do in this scenario. On today's episode, we are joined by someone who just walked from London to Paris in seven days. She planned this challenge in less than a week and set out alone from London in late October 2018 with a goal to be standing on top of the Eiffel Tower in a week. Uh, the Eiffel Tower also is 380 kilometers, or 236 miles, away from her starting point. This person's name is Olina Sorensen, and her story is quite an inspiring and important one to hear, not only because of this walk she did, but also because of some of the things she's gone through and overcome in the years prior. One of the main reasons Olina did this walk was to raise awareness and money for a mental health charity called MIND. Uh, We get into the details of why she chose this charity and mental health as her cause throughout the episode. She also set out to prove that we are all capable of much more than we think we are, which is something I also strongly believe in, um, and also that you really can do whatever you set your mind to. So I don't want to spoil too much of her story, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, Also because she is a great storyteller and very entertaining to listen to. You can find full show notes and links to some of the things we reference, uh, like Olina's fundraiser page, at edgeofcomfort.com forward slash E-O-C-P-16. That's the number one six. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, whether you've listened to past ones or this is your first one, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, either through the app on your phone or iTunes on your computer. Just search for Edge of Comfort in the podcast section, click on Ratings and Reviews, and then Write a Review. I really enjoy reading your feedback, and it also helps new people discover these conversations. If you need a step-by-step guide on how to write a review, you can find one at edgeofcomfort.com forward slash podcast dash review also make sure to stick around at the end for the question of the episode thank you so much to alina for sharing her story and being so open about her life thank you for listening i really think you're gonna enjoy this one so let's go good morning what's all the commotion
1: Wow. Are to fish big? Same, same, but different. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been
0: about? Welcome to the Edge of Comfort Podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. Welcome everyone, today we have Alina with us, I'm going to have her say her last name so I don't screw it up, Um, thank you for joining us today Alina, and (laughs) how do you say your last name again?
1: It's Sarnson, Alina Sarnson.
0: Sarnson, okay, yeah, I will screw that up probably, so apologies if I do, Um, (laughs) but thank you so much for joining today, I'm really excited to have you on, and
1: of course I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, my friend uh, texted me a bunch of the screenshots of your story from walking from London to Paris in uh, in some travel group. It was like 16 screenshots. It was a pretty long story. And yeah. uh, <laughs> as soon as I read it, I, uh, I knew that I needed to talk to you because it's such a cool story, and um, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But uh, one of the things that jumped out at me right away was you said – you really believe it's important to have some emotion behind your action. Could you kind yeah. of explain this belief a little bit more and kind of why this is so important to you?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, well, I think whatever we we do in life, um, we do it with um, we do it a lot better and with a lot more determination if we actually have some emotion behind it. And the reason for that is is. That as soon as we get emotions involved like we have a reason to do it of course then um we we just uh, tend to do it better um and i can give a good example is that if you um like um let's say you are that someone asked you to um to uh, knit a sweater uh and then you would probably say no because who want to sit down and knit a sweater if this same person came over to you and uh had kidnapped one of uh your family members and then said if you don't knit this sweater uh learn how to knit this sweater then uh um would you uh if you don't (laughs) sorry um if you don't learn how to knit this sweater, then uh, you're never going to see your your family member again. Then you will definitely go and knit that bloody sweater, <laughs> because you now you have some emotion um behind it. So that's just a little example. Um, but I think um, and I applied this for my walk to Paris because behind like doing I had a lot of reasons, not exactly reasons to go to Paris, but. I just had a a lot of things proved by um, going on this walk. And I think um, that in the end was why I got over my my fear and anxiety on the trip because fear and anxiety was something um, that I felt a lot during this trip because I was walking alone and I had moments um, where I was doubting if I should keep going or not um so but with that bit of emotion and having a reason to keep going um really uh, did it for me yeah and I don't think I would have made it without having a bit of emotion behind yeah
0: so do you do you always try to make it like have some emotion behind it that is something whether like good or bad like something that works for you something you think is positive or is it just any sort of emotion that you should have behind it, like if you're doing something out of fear or because you're anxious about yeah. it
1: well definitely. well it can be any sort of emotion um it can be out of anger out of happiness it can it can be anything whatever that actually motivates you um i think is 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 good, but of course it's <laughs> it's always better to have some good emotions to drive you, <laughs> but um if it's anger. That you need to get rid of, and you need to do something because of anger, then go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know a lot of people. Well, I'm a gym person, right? And I know a lot of people go to the gym, and and they um they always say that the day, the days where people have like pissed them off, or days that haven't been that good, and then they go to the gym, and that's the that's the best days for them at the gym because they they get rid of all this anger they have, <laughs> they get all there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's a
0: good uh, good healthy outlet for getting rid of some anger, at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the walk a little bit. So what was, I guess, your main emotion behind this walk? You know, why, why did you do this? You said you kind of wanted to prove some things and, and kind of challenge yourself. Like, mm. what, what was the reason behind doing such an extreme sort of thing for this?
1: Well, uh, mainly it—I uh, worked as a fundraiser for a mental health uh, charity called Mind, and um, for me, uh, I personally been through some mental uh, health issues uh, a couple of years ago, which kind of it—it um, 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 it made me realize that it's—it's it's something. Um, that can be misunderstood and it's something that needs more awareness. So for me I had a wish with this walk to bring more awareness and to uh also um uh, get some economical help for it. And um so that that was sort of like the main um main reason I had and um and then you could you could answer like it it all It all sums up with the walk because then during the walk I actually had all of this because I used to suffer a bit from anxiety and then this walk kind of gave me back that anxiety. Uh, But this is like is there's two different um, forms of anxiety, right? There's the one you live with every day and then there's the one that everyone gets because we all get a sort of sort of anxiety when we, like before an exam or when we have something really important in our life or a test of some sort of thing. A lot of people get these, um, uh, these anxious feelings. And um, so obviously on this walk, I got a bit of this uh, anxiety in my body and it reminded me, how it is to that it just imagining living with that every day because some people don't go, just get it before an exam and stuff they get it every day before going out of the house or just to go socialize they get all um anxious and panicked and stuff like this and it's just so uncomfortable to live with so it my trip all the time like my trip <laughs> reminded me all the time why i was doing it as well because i've it reminded me of how a how shitty it feels to be anxious all the time. (laughs) Um, So, but, um, so mental health, um, not just the anxiety part, but just in general, I think is something that needs more awareness. So that was definitely driving me a long way. Um, And then my second reason was um, because I think, especially living in London, it's, um, there's a lot about career and success and I feel like a lot of people here um, uh, feel that the only way to succeed in life is to get a big career and which is also very successful. But I also just wanted to prove that there's other uh, ways to, uh, to uh, um, get success in your life and feel successful and it could be Walking from London to Paris. <laughs> um, no, it was just an example. It was just to say that it doesn't all. You don't have to be book smart to succeed in life. And I wanted to prove that to some people. And the third and most important reason is that um, I'm a I'm a big believer in that you can do whatever you you set your mind to. Um, and sometimes I I get met with the um, with a bit of um, well, people who say that yeah, well, you need you need this and you need that and yeah, but you if you set your mind to something, you can do it. So it's like if you if you want to be a billionaire, you set your mind to it, you become a billionaire because you work your ass off to get there. You know, <laughs> so, of course, setting your mind to something isn't like oh, okay, I can set my mind to uh, um, do a backflip today and then you do it. That's not how it works. <laughs> It's not how it works. It's like, you then you set your mind to learning. It's about the learning part, right? So it's, okay, I want to learn how to do a backflip. Every single person can learn how to do a backflip. It's just about setting your mind to it and actually be willing to put in the effort. Uh, And I wanted to prove that as well with uh, walking to Paris, is that, well, anything is possible if you just, (laughs) yeah, go for it and do whatever it takes to, like, sort of get it done.
0: So how did you plan for something like this? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you had to take a ferry across over to mm. the other side of um, – What did you land in France then?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went – so this is going to be fun to talk about because I <laughs> – I still have not found out how to pronounce all the all the cities slash towns I went to in France. So, so uh, I'm, yeah, but I will try to spell them out as well. <laughs> so um, that was well because the 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 fun part about me planning this is that I actually didn't. <laughs> um, in that in saying that, um, I basically. I walked four weeks ago, I was, okay, I love walking, so I, let's say I walk about at least 10 to 15 kilometers in a day every day, that is probably my average of walking, so I I do love walking, and then four weeks ago I was um, walking around in London, um, and I often take, on the weekends, uh, when I'm off from work, I often take this walk where I walk all the way from West London to East London. And I think it's such an awesome walk because you get to see the city in in ways that, well, that you couldn't on when you're on a tube or anything else. So uh, I try to take different routes every time to see some like different stuff through London. Um, then four weeks ago I did this, but then when I to East London. I was like, oh, maybe I, I could walk back as well. <laughs> so I was, uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna walk back home. So I ended up walking in the middle of the night as well. Um, <laughs> so I walked, to, <laughs> I walked to um, East London and then I walked back. And I came home and realized I had walked 50 kilometers. So I was like, okay, that that's cool. <laughs> and then I was like, then a thought came to my head. I was like, oh, maybe I could walk to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> And um, basically, I just went in on Google Maps and um, and uh, saw the route, and I was like, "Wow!" It only well on Google Maps it says it takes fifty eight hours, but that's because there's no night sleeping and just walking straight there for like fifty eight hours, right? <laughs> i was not gonna do that (laughs) but but it surprised me and it was 380 kilometers in total and i was like it surprised me actually how little it was because i was thinking um very different numbers in this i know it's a lot but i I was like um i was surprised so i was like maybe i could actually do this (laughs) and um so um a week later I, was, I Oh, I remember I posted on, um, because I post on Instagram, then I post like my, um, uh, I have a Fitbit on and get the results of how many steps and kilometers I walk every day. And uh, this day when I had walked 50, I obviously put it up on my story. And then I remember screenshotting the, uh, the photo uh, of um, Google Maps with the map from London to Paris. And I put up a poll on my Instagram asking people, hmm, my next walk, question mark, and then people could go vote. And uh, then I had to fuck no and fuck yes. (laughs) And then I... I got I think it was like 67% of fuck yeses. And then I was like, yeah, fuck yes. <laughs> I'm going to do this. But 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 what they all knew, didn't know was that um <laughs> hey, I'm actually going to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so well, a week later I actually made the decision. I uh, I started to calculate everything because then my um I work as a nanny here in London, and um, the uh, the mom whose kids I nanny for, she told me that the kids were going to go away with their father for the holidays, so I was like, oh, that means a week off for me, and I was like, that's perfect timing <laughs> to walk to Paris. <laughs> so, um, so I when I got told this, I, I started planning and found out if I could actually afford it, um, and... Uh, started to then I started booking things slowly, uh, but at this point I, I felt that I hadn't really made the decision yet, but I was just like because the the hotels I booked was was a free cancellation and stuff like this, but I I was definitely going towards yeah I'm gonna do it, <laughs> but so I I planned as much as I could. Uh, uh, booking the hotels in advance, uh, because I knew, so the way I figured out my plan uh, or my route was that I knew I could walk 50 kilometers uh, in one day, uh, and a bit more, I think, because after that 50 kilometer walk, I was was a bit sore, I admit. (laughs) My legs were a bit wobbly, and I was a bit sore, but I figured, well, you know, I'm also used to a bit of pain from the gym. So I'm I'm used to just being like, Yeah, it's it's cool, it's fine. <laughs> um so um then so that's how I planned my route was to say, okay, you can walk um an average of fifty kilometers a day. So I um um yeah. Um where was I where was so I So
0: why did you was it like you wanted to push yourself each day, you know, why did you decide to do this? Uh, did you only have that week time frame? So I, you're like oh, I can yeah. do that? Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. I only had this week. So that was also that became actually one of the biggest challenges on the trip was the time. Uh, I, I also because um I had not planned on the fact that the days were shorter because of the it already got dark at um at maybe six o'clock in England and then well and then at seven in France because they're an hour ahead. Um but it the days were very short actually and for me I'm uh, I'm very scared of the dark and <laughs> the irony of that. And I'm also very scared of the countryside and uh, most of the time, I just ended up in the dark on the countryside and the <laughs> night, walking very, very fast <laughs> and like that is definitely a girl asked me um because she asked she, she was uh, she wanted to do this, and she asked me what what would i uh, have done differently and I think what I would definitely have done differently was to do it maybe a closer to summertime uh, well before the before uh, the days get shorter to have like more daytime because that actually really, um, that became a stressful thing on this trip. Um, yeah. And I only had, I had to, my flight ticket, um, my, well, yeah, my flight ticket back to London was, um, on, on the Sunday. And I, I, I started walking Sunday, the 21st of October, and then had a flight back on, uh, Sunday is it the 28th I think it was yeah okay so I yeah that was the time I had
0: okay so like how many hours a day were you actually walking were you waking up at like 5 6 a.m and literally walking until you got to these places like 12 14 hours
1: yeah well yeah it was everything I think my shortest day of walking was probably um yeah 12 hours and then my longest day of walking was 15 hours
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah that was um that was painful (laughs) (laughs)
0: like were you listening to music during this like what were you doing to keep yourself occupied like
1: (laughs) yeah so uh, most of the time i had made a playlist on my phone called london to paris and i knew a few songs also from the gym that I know that this is going to motivate made me a lot. And I've only put motivating songs into the playlist. So, um, also because I know if, if I had made like a, a and let's say emotion, emotional playlist next to it and I started to listen to it, I would just start to walk slow or something <laughs> <laughs> and and go into my mind and, and not think. So that's, that's actually a, a, a fun thing to mention as well is that, um, you know how people go for walks and then you expect, well, you, you go to, uh, to uh, you go for a walk because you want to clear your head and you want to clear your mind and you, you don't want to think and you kind of just want to get rid of whatever is in there. And it was so funny, I like a lot of people were like asking me after, oh, I, you had a lot of time to think about things in life and stuff. And no, actually not, because I was so on what was going on in the moment. On this entire trip, because I was on the country roads where trucks and cars uh, are driving next to you with like, I don't know how many miles an hour, like 80, 70 miles an hour and they're just flying past you so uh, whenever I was not on these country roads um, I was in cities whenever I was not in cities I was in big black dark forests in France where I looked out for horror movie creatures (laughs) (laughs) so you know what I I never ever got to think a moment about my life (laughs) I was just (laughs) thinking about what is going on right here and right now and that actually that surprised even me Um, yeah
0: um <laughs> yeah yeah so do you think that like are you glad that you did this alone versus maybe having someone else with you mm.
1: so actually I was um uh when I was planning it well when I decided I think yeah I'm gonna stop planning this right now it's because one of uh, my friend, who's also a personal trainer here in London, he he messaged me on Instagram and said, um, "Hey, I want to uh, I want to do that one day. Give me a week in advance, and I, uh, let's do it." I was like, "Okay, that's cool." And I was like, "Oh, okay." He want to join me, and then with the thought of him joining me, then I said, "Well, I'm gonna do it now because I have a holiday coming," and then he backed out. Uh well I was actually the first two days planning this I was planning uh, in my head as it was me and him walking. Um and then but then he had to back out because um some family related stuff and um then I, it like I was like well I've already planned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm doing it alone and I um, I remember uh, my my mom was freaking out a bit about the whole alone fact, and she got me freaked out at one point as well, because she was like, oh, but what about cars pulling over on the country and, like, dragging you into the car and stuff? <laughs> and this was like, I, was, I told my mom, Mom, you have to shut up right now, because <laughs> if you keep talking about all this stuff, I end up not going, you know, <laughs> and because you're putting all these thoughts into my head about what is going to happen. Um, so I eventually said, Mom, only positive talk from now on, otherwise I'm not going to talk to you before I actually do this walk. <laughs> so she, Which she understood. So she was like, okay, that's fair enough. Um, but I was, um, I'm actually so happy I did this walk alone uh, because I think I learned a lot more from it as to if I had walked with someone else and uh it challenges uh it well it got a lot more challenging and um well just i i'm i'm a pretty independent person actually and i i like to do things on my own um and i felt that yeah uh, some of the longer days so they would have been nice with a friend <laughs> to talk to at least because I started to go a bit crazy as well, spending so so much time alone. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, uh, the fact that I could walk on the fields in the middle of nowhere with my headphones in my ears and scream my lungs out singing, <laughs> um, that was awesome. So, yeah, no, I'm happy I did it alone.
0: Have you ever done, like, solo traveling or any sort of, like, Solo trip like this before, or was this really like your first true solo type thing like this?
1: Well, I've done. I'm. I've, uh, um, I'm a ski instructor, and um, and actually, when I was 19, I took off alone to live in Andorra for four months to um, to become a ski instructor. Um, so and I remember it was like the so, same sort of feeling that when I left my mom in the airport it was kind of like that heart hard was like um, beating out of my chest sort of feeling and I was like oh my god I'm actually doing this um, but it also ended up being the best thing I've ever done uh, so I was alone in Andorra for four months but you, you create friends and stuff there and uh, I also travelled to Canada alone and uh, working as a ski instructor there. So I've, I've traveled alone, but I've never backpacked alone, if that's what you were more thinking. that I've never um, done things where um, I had to challenge myself this way alone. No, so that was definitely the first for that.
0: Okay, and so, like, I'm sure this some of the fears you talked about, like the countryside and night and combining those two and being alone probably kind of... Um. Not, I'm trying to think of the right word for that. Um. But just kind of brought those more to light, I guess, for you, or like more immediate. So, you know, how did you deal with these fears and some other fears, like your mom mm. talking about what if some car pulls over? And obviously, you don't want to think that could happen, and you don't, you know, you want to mm. plan for the worst in some ways. But, you know, how did you deal with these possible scenarios or? um just dealing with some of the fears that you had to deal with because you were alone
1: um yeah that's a good question and i think i um as i said i was very much in the moment on this entire walk and um the fear of someone pulling over um didn't actually occur at any time really because i was just, i was more afraid of getting hit by a car um, the roads I was um, walking on was um, like I I was actually walking on the road until a car came towards me. Then I had to like walk onto the grass. The first when I walked from Crawley to New Haven, that was probably the the worst part. Um, like when talking about the roads, because uh, I actually had to uh, there was there was either the road. Or a nettle bush, like along the road, so I got burned drastically <laughs> on my legs by nettles and I actually turned into blisters eventually. Uh, because it was either that or getting hit by a truck. So um, that fear, kind of like I, I didn't think about. Okay, this truck driver is gonna stop now and drag me out. <laughs> I was more like, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna hit me. <laughs> but um, so facing the fears, uh, the, 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 well, the worst day. Um, this was um, I had taken one rest uh, day in a dip, dip. I think it's called. Um, in France, it's like it's where you sail it's where the ferry goes to. So it's it's spelled D I E P P E, and I had a rest day in the, um and so I took off at because I knew that uh, the next day was gonna uh, be the longest walk of them all. Uh, so I took off at four a.m. in the morning. And I walked through it, and it was fine because whenever I'm in the city, it doesn't matter as long as it's lit, like there's some lights and maybe a car here and there coming. Then, then I feel sort of safe. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why. And then, um, but it was more. Then I left it, and suddenly there was just this massive, big black forest in front of me. And I was just standing there and I could all I could I could feel the tears sort of pushing through because I was like, Damn it I was like, Oh my god, no, this you gotta be joking. But then I was just like I don't know, my thoughts were just I tried what I what really helped me was to imagine the place in the daytime. So I started, instead of starting to imagining all the creatures and whatever <laughs> you know, that could hide in a forest in France, <laughs> 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 then I started imagining an old couple walking through the forest really happy in the daytime with their dog. And like I, I tried to picture the forest in the daytime. And then I just let that roll into my head and then I just started walking Really, really fast. (laughs) Um, This forest lasted for probably 10 to 15 minutes where my heart was just in my throat. But also, I think I could see on on maps that how long it sort of was, this forest. So I knew it wasn't going to last forever. So I also knew there was a stop to it, which also helped thinking that if I walk really, really fast, I could be out. Of this forest, really really fast <laughs> and that was so I think that was um, a really good way for me to deal with my fears to it because my fear was the dark right and uh, to imagine it not being dark really helped <laughs> and I don't know I, it was just the. I, I was like well you can either stand here or you can walk through this forest and and actually make it to your goal uh, or you can stand here and just well because it was it wasn't going to make any difference really if I I could stand outside the forest or go into the forest I was just like well doesn't matter I have to go um there was really not a question in the end but the, the, then I came out of this forest and <laughs> then I was met by a graveyard <laughs> Oh, I just want to laugh. And it actually, it made me laugh and cry at the same time when I got out of this forest. I was laughing whilst I was crying. It's kind of when you watch a sad movie and then you cry and then you laugh because you cry. That was sort of like the thing I had going on for me when I came to this graveyard. Um, But again, I used my imagination. And even though it's, it's the middle of the night in a graveyard, um. It's never fun to walk out in the middle of the night because, well, all the people, but then I tried to like think, okay, Olina, if you had never watched um, a horror movie or anything like that with like graveyards and stuff, and, like just think about this place where you are right now, and it's actually a beautiful place where people are lying uh, to rest in peace, right, and I I saw it as this, and then I was like, imagine all the beautiful spirits that are protecting you right now walking through this graveyard. <laughs> that is So instead of, you know, putting this whole demon thought in my head <laughs> about graveyards that, that you can because you watch the wrong movies, then I just started to, like, look at it in a beautiful way. And that got me through the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, I used my imagination a lot. And, um, and then, um, so I was like, okay, now it cannot get worse. This was it. That was it. Okay. Now we can relax and we can just walk. No. <laughs> because the next thing I know is that I enter a small, very small French village. And this village is the most horror-looking bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it was and it was um The houses were like, you know, like old French houses. I like, they were falling apart and, and they were just, they had this sort of look to them that was just like not very nice to look at. And, um, at this time, my, I was, I, I cried. I was like, this is too much because I had just been through adrenaline on adrenaline and I, I was so ready to relax. (laughs) And then I came in and this was the worst and I actually had, I called my mom at, was it, I think 5 or 4, or no, 5 or 5.30 in the in the morning. It was still pitch dark, because also in France, I hadn't thought about that the sun was coming up an hour later, so that, that the sun would not rise before 8.30. So it was also a sort of feeling that, okay, I need to get, go, like, keep going in this sort of stuff for three hours in the dark. And there was just... The, the time period for me was just too long of dealing with with the uh, with this fear. <laughs> anyway, so I call I, I call up my mom, crying, panicking. Uh, and my mom was like asleep, sort of thing. <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> I'm on this street and blah blah blah. It's horror, you know, blah blah blah." Oh, and she she <laughs> sort of talked me down and was like, "She's like describe it for me and blah blah." blah. I was like, "Okay." So, whilst I was talking to her, that calmed me, uh, me down, of course, to, like it always calms you down to talk to your mom. Um, so, I was like, then I was walking and then suddenly on my maps, um, it wanted me to walk through another forest, <laughs> <sighs> you know, <laughs> and then... Uh, I had um, walked past a few houses, and one of the houses had lights in it, which was I didn't know if I found that nice or very, very scary. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I know, when you're alone in the country, and there's no other people around, and you're in the dark, you, you, your imagination runs wild, and you think of at least 20 horror movies you watched for the last 10 years, I, I swear, it will just... It's, it's not a joke. It's really uncomfortable, actually. Uh, you walk. Anyways, uh, Google Maps wanted me to take me through this forest again. But I came to this forest, and there was no trail there. It wanted me to walk through sticks and, you know, just um, branches and stuff like that, where I'm like, well, that's going to get stuck to my hair. And that's like, I'm not going to, I can't probably walk through. Like, It was just, it looked impossible. And then... I, I was still on the phone to my mom and I was like, mom, there's a forest and I can't go through it and I don't know what to do. And then I had to walk back um, past that house again. And because I think I was talking to my mom on the phone, so I had probably woken up some people in this <laughs> So, there was this there's this man in the window looking out at me, and that was just, I don't know, it was just, oh my god, I've never been so scared in my life. I was like, yeah, this is the guy who's going to come in, and then, I don't know if you have ever watched this movie, have you ever seen Wolf Creek?
0: I have not, no.
1: Oh, don't see that if you ever <laughs> go to Australia because this is oh that is just it's about a a group of hitchhikers who just this man is taking them sort of um, uh, he's inviting them Well, he's giving he's giving them a ride and then he's inviting them to his house to stay the night and then he he poise he poisoned them with some uh, water and just ends up like yeah. I, I'm not gonna reveal it, but it's a very disgusting movie, and I will not recommend anyone watching it before going to Australia. <laughs> um, anyways, that that movie just came to my mind. I was like, "This is the man," and now I'm gonna go into this house, and then oh, I, you know, just the imagination, just runs well. Anyways, um, I was like, still in this village, and then there was no lamp uh, post in this village either. Like there was there was no light, and then I walked. Um, this is when I say a village. This is. A street it's just a street with like possibly 50 houses in total Um, and then uh, I found one lamppost at the end of the street and sat down and I was actually sat here for an hour because I couldn't move I was stiff of like pure fear Um, I was just sat there talking to my mom and then um i tried to look on google maps to find another route because otherwise i would have had to wait uh to wait there for like um two or uh, two or three more hours for the sun to come up because uh for me i couldn't walk through that forest at all i couldn't walk through um Anyways, I found a route over a field that would re- lead me to a country road, and then this country road would take me to another French town that seemed a bit bigger and a bit where there was a cafe and stuff I could see on the Google Maps. So um, I started aiming for that and walked over this uh, lovely and muddy field, <laughs> which was also a bit challenging in the dark. Um, but um, this was the the day I called the horror day in my. Sort of story as well because there was just a, a lot of fear <laughs> and, and a lot of um I don't know and I, I if you ask me I don't know if I go back in time and think well if I think back in time I, I don't know how I made myself walk through that forest I actually don't know
0: yeah that <laughs> seems like a lot got thrown at you in one day
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it was, wow it was like bombarded with the horror <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So like after that day and after the first few and like what were your physical and emotional states? Like was there ever Ooh. a time where you're like why the hell am I doing this like Oh yeah. Just like I'm, I I want to quit like what like yeah. what was your states like throughout this trip?
1: Well actually this day um well after the those feelings started already the first day uh, when I, I walked from London to Crawley. It was 55 kilometers. And um, the the last five kilometers, um, I, I thought I had booked my hotel in Crawley. I tried to book my hotels in cities so I could uh, uh, be at a place where I could find a supermarket because I also needed to uh, load up on food and stuff every day. So I tried to um, be in cities most of the time um, whenever I was sleeping. And then, but this uh, hotel was actually five kilometers out of the city because it was uh, it was by Gatwick Airport. Um, so I had to walk on, in the country for five hours. Well, not five hours, I'm so sorry, five kilometers. Um, and already then, that was like my first night of getting that, ooh, it's dark in this country. And then I got to my hotel, and I just remember um, I was sore, and it was my first day. And I remember having this thought in my head because one of my friends uh, from London had told me, "Well, it's it's you know it's never about everyone can do anything in one day. It's about repeating it the next day and the next day and the next day. And that had really got to me, actually." Um, because I was, I was fearing because I was, I, I went and there was a bathtub in the hotel and, um, and I went straight into an ice cold bath because I read online that whenever your, your body is, um, it's, uh, well, have been walking for so long, it's swollen and stuff. Then the best thing you can do is to actually take an ice bath, but I didn't have ice, so I just made it ice cold. Um, and I was in this bath, and, you know, that was really uncomfortable as well. And, you know, there was just already things here where I'm like, this is going to be a lot of discomfort, you know. <laughs> just on the first day, I could already feel, okay, now now we're going. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyways, I was in my hotel. I felt very alone, actually, uh, after that, because my whole body started aching, and I was just thinking, am I doing can I do this and um, am I doing the right thing and stuff. And then, but as soon as it got to the morning, I woke up and my body was actually never, I, I never woke up with a really sore body. It wasn't like the soreness I'm used to from the gym. So I never woke up felt feeling like I could move on. It was always at nighttime. Those um, feelings stri- struck me that, okay, this is this is a bad idea. And especially when I had walked from Crawley to New Haven, I was sat in the that was um and that was uh, the day with the all the needles. so I had blisters of my legs right, and also an hour before arriving in New Haven, I had stepped in a massive puddle, so both of my shoes were soaked and nails, they were so smelly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just um, I I was just very dirty, very sore, and just. I had to go on this ferry for four hours. I was there at 9 p.m. and the ferry was leaving at 11 p.m. and I had to sleep on this ferry. Actually, I had planned that I was going to walk 15 hours straight after four hours of sleep on a ferry.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) But... I changed that. That was when I took the rest day in debt because I realized that is not going to happen. <laughs> I, as You you have to also acknowledge that, well, being a personal trainer, and, and um, on a daily basis, uh, putting my body under a lot of pressure by going to the gym, I also know how very important it is to rest and to recover and to, you know, to sort of, uh, otherwise you're you just going to, tear your body apart and not going to be able to keep going. So, um, for me it was it was definitely the right thing to take this rest day and uh, be like, yeah. Um but when I was sat on the in New Haven, those 2 hours waiting for this ferry, that was the worst part because my whole my body was actually shaking. Everything on me was shaking and my feet were uh were just like the blisters had started. This was when the blisters had started to get really really gross and
0: Right after this was the second day? This
1: was the second day, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I had walked 111 kilometers in two days at this point. Um, And, yeah, my my body could definitely feel it at this time. And I was just – it was very cold as well in the waiting area. And the fact that I couldn't uh, go into a bath and take a shower and lie down in a bed like I could the day before when arriving at my destination – just the, and I couldn't change clothes. Just all this stuff that would make you feel more comfortable uh, was stuff that I couldn't do this day. Uh, so I was literally I, I was just sat on the floor in the waiting area with the, I took off my shoes and my socks <laughs> and I was like a bit like okay I'm sorry everyone who's sat in here but I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so sorry because it was so smell like I don't know that part or. Was but it was, it was something gross, <laughs> and um, um, but this was uh, like the the thoughts of me, it was like it was sort of like a balance because half of me was really proud to have made it to the bottom of England, and I was so I was actually I was crying tears of happiness when I saw the the sign to New Haven from doing my walk. Uh, because I was so happy that I was at the bottom of England, and it was such a—it was actually a big moment for me. <laughs> but then c- going to that um, uh, waiting area at the ferry was just sad. Then, then I started to just thinking, wow, should I really actually go on this ferry? Because think about how you're feeling just on the second day, and you want to do this for what four or five days more, and then you're gonna be in France, and you're not gonna, you know. Have <laughs> well, you're not going to be in a country where well, I don't speak French, right? Where people understand you and stuff like this. So, there, oh of course, those thoughts went through my mind then um, massively. But I, uh, my determination was um, was uh, bigger than my anxiety. So I ended up going on the ferry and being like, "Oh, let's do this." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely had moments of feeling. um, Is this, should I be doing this? And uh, should I go back? Can I go back? And can someone pick me up in a helicopter? (laughs) 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 I definitely had these thoughts for sure. Yeah.
0: So after getting blisters on the second day, like Mm -hmm. what, was it just super painful the rest of the time? Like, how was the state of your feet by the end? Were you just like so were your feet swollen or like I you know I've never walked or done that amount of distance in that time that's I can't even imagine what like that Yeah took on that
1: uh, feet. yeah it, it <laughs> Well um it was um you I had very swollen feet at the end of the day. I think the the and it it started to get well what I was what I was careful about well what I was like sort of trying to um uh well because blisters it's just blisters right and that's just you know that blisters is not it, it can't really hurt you and it cannot injure you on a uh, you know further in life or whatever it's just blisters so it's just pain you sort of have to like just hold in and be okay it's just blisters but then what I was really uh, looking out for was that if your your feet starts to hurt underneath and stuff that's like, because Ed, of course uh, your feet is what the the part of your body that <laughs> gets the worst uh, of a trip like this. And, um, and I only one time actually um, felt that my feet were, were very swollen and hurting underneath as well. And this was um, the same day as my horror day in the morning. I had then walked uh, the entire day after that on the country roads in France. And um, I had I remember four hours, no, five hours before I reached my destination, I hit a wall, and my feet were just giving up on me, <laughs> and it was so painful, uh, it was like, um, I don't know how I was walking, but the way I was walking was definitely um, not looking great, <laughs> And um, but I remember messaging um, my, uh, well, I put a story up on Instagram. Uh, saying, uh, "Hey, I hit a wall. I, I need some love." <laughs> uh, and actually, so many people were so nice and was like, "You can do it. Just keep going." And you know, send send some encouraging, uh, encouraging um, messages to me, which was actually very encouraging and very motivating. So, but for five hours, I walked in an insane amount of pain this day. And I was probably the, the physically that was the one of the worst parts. Um and um uh, the day after this day I actually sprained my ankle. Um and, and but still this was worse. It was worse having these swollen feet that could you could barely walk, and it took me five hours to make it to Rue. I think it's called. <laughs> Here comes the names again. <laughs> it's it's a it's a row, it's, it's it's R O U E N. Um, because the like I walk for fifteen hours this day, seventy kilometers in one day.
0: Jeez. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> so. And it was that was definitely the toughest day of them all. Um. Um. Yeah, but you just have to like bite it in because I don't know. I was so determined. I can't. It's so hard to say how you like um, get through the pain and how you get through the the anxiety and all this because like I think when you when your mind is set just towards something, <laughs> you just, it doesn't matter all the pain and the anxiety. You just you're so. You know your mind is so focused on making it to that one goal, and yeah, so I, I'm I'm having a really hard time actually thinking back to how I was dealing with both the pain and all this, and how I think it's 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 hard to, for me to describe because it was just something that I had to do. I felt like I had to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a follow-up question on that, but real quick, um, there's this um, this guy called David Goggins. He's an ex-Navy SEAL and done some just unbelievable physical feats. Like, I think he ran 205 miles. I, I, saw, I don't know what that is in kilometers, sorry.
1: That, that's uh, basically my trip.
0: Yeah, so he ran that in like 39 hours, and he's just done some unbelievable... Uh,
1: I need to check this guy out.
0: Yeah, look him up, and I'll, I'll send you over like some of his stuff, and... He he set the world record for pull ups in twenty four hours. Like he's just done some unbelievable things. That's awesome. One of the things he talks about is I think he calls it the forty percent rule. And basically, he says that when your mind tells you like to stop, when like you know that's enough, I can't go any further. He says that you've only used up forty percent of what you're actually capable of.
1: Wow. So
0: that's pretty. That's like what I've been thinking of lately. Um, I've been doing some running and some other stuff. But so I'm sure, like, yeah, when your mind is like, no, I can't go any further. This is this is too much. Just kind of pushing through is almost like you're kind of yeah. tapping into that part that you still have available, but you don't really know it unless you try it or get to that point.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. I think. That, that's awesome he sounds like an awesome guy <laughs> i really need to look that up and um, but that's also something that we like you do i think i've learned that from the gym uh because you go to the gym and you lift these weights and like you're actually tearing up your muscles while you're lifting weights right so you actually <laughs> you're going through uh, some discomfort going to the gym and then but you also we also have this saying us gym people, no no pain, no gain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically true because you have to, like, the last couple of sets and reps and stuff like that you have and you just have to push through that pain because if you don't push through that and uh, do the last sets, um, then uh, then you're not going to get any gains. So, <laughs> that's, so I've definitely, I think being a gym person has... Um, really mentally set me up quite well for a tri- uh, for a trip like this um because you you learn how to uh, deal with as you, like that as this guy called the 40% rule but the the thing where you push yourself further than you actually think you you could do um, yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so how do you my follow up question was like mm. so how do you push through that discomfort and that pain but also not push yourself too far and, you know, making sure you have some rest or whether whether that's a rest day or whatever. Um, and making sure like, like walking the line between pushing yourself and finding out what you're capable of, but also not doing some serious damage or injuring yourself. Is there, I'm sure there's not like one set thing for how you find that balance between the two, but like with this walk or your gym experience, like, have you found any sort of um like not strategies but just ways to kind of yeah. walk that line <laughs>
1: um no <laughs> <laughs> honest answer um I think you have to get to know yourself and your body and yourself very well uh and then just take it from that I would um the day where I sprained my ankle um in the day after the the long day, I was uh, I was convinced I was gonna wake up and not be able to walk because I was in so much pain uh, for those last five hours. But I took uh, luckily my hotel had a ice bath as well, and um, and I woke up feeling somewhat okay. And I walked for four hours, no three hours, and boom, I um, rolled onto my ankle and fell, and my I could just hear a snap from my ankle and I got back up and I yelled very loudly on a field in France fuck <laughs> And um at this point um f- f- that could have been really stupid <laughs> or <laughs> I don't know what but but I don't think I had any limits <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know. I got up, and the first thing I wanted to do was walk on it because I, of course, that's what I wanted to do. I so said, "I want, I want, I wanted to be able to walk, right?" So um, I, I started walking on it immediately, and realized, "Oh, that's fine. It just feels loose. It didn't hurt." So I kept walking because it didn't hurt. So for me, that was like um, my strategy: is, is, is no pain, it's fine. <laughs> and then. Um, but I so but then I walked on a sprained ankle for about four or five hours, where I got to this town and I still had three hours more to go, and this is what I call my cheat day. <laughs> um, because then I walked for maybe three kilometers out of this town, and then my ankle actually started to swell up and uh, and be uh, very very painful and like it it got stiff because it got very cold as well, so it was. Sort of like the pain was just like suddenly hitting uh, me, and then at this point my my strategy <laughs> was to uh, I hitchhiked back to the town um, because I was in, it was it was really dark again and walking in the dark and then I th- I feel like my only self defense on this trip is to run away from people right. <laughs> And then when you when your only self-defense gets taken away from you, if you then want to continue walking in the dark for three hours on something that's really painful, um, <clears throat> I reckon if I was the, the military army guy, the navy guy you were talking about, <laughs> I would definitely have done it. But I, um, I am just me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I hitchhiked back to the town because I was in the... Uh, that was just... That was my limit, right? And um, I walked into a restaurant and um, to ask them to call me a cab. And whilst I was uh, trying to like um, talk to this lady um, uh, who didn't understand English, so we were kind of like doing some signs and stuff like that. A lady uh, who was sat on the table with her husband and their two friends turned around and said to me in English that they lived in Venon, which was my uh, Venon. I don't, I don't know how you say it. Oh, here we go again. It's, it's spelled, uh, V-E-R-N-O-N. I know. Um, I think. And, um, she turned around and said, Oh, you can, uh, you can, uh, get a ride with us if you can wait till we're done eating. And it actually ended up with me, um, sitting by this uh, table and eating with them. And they even, they bought me dinner and they, uh, they gave me a lift for 18 kilometers. That was my cheat day, <laughs> the last three hours of my walk. Um, they gave me a lift to my hotel, and um, they gave me 20 euros for my further journeys, and they gave, they, they filled up my backpack with food as well. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, these people, I wow, they were so, so nice. And she gave me her phone number, so because her husband was pendling, from Bano to Paris Paris every day. So if I needed any further help or anything I could just call them up. Um so that was that was really nice to be fair. That was I love that there's people like that out there who's just like so kind and doesn't expect anything back and it was just amazing. Um anyways, I was lying in my bed this night, uh, with my ankle going back to your question now. <laughs> <laughs> um and I actually announced on my Instagram that this was gonna be the end of my journey and I was very depressed and I was feeling super, super sad. But for me, um, at this time I had no idea how how you could do, deal with uh, a sprained ankle. Um, so for me, I thought I couldn't keep walking because I still had 70 kilometers left until I reached Paris at this time. And My ankle was very blue and just very swollen and I was it was painful so I, I was like how am I gonna walk 70 kilometers on that, right? Um, so for me, this was this that was like the end for me and I think well You know yourself the best so I don't think you can really make any strategies I think you just like feel you just have to feel How your body is and for me this was the end for me um it was just an injury is an injury. And I also, even though <clears throat> I wanted, like, even though I wanted to make it to that Eiffel Tower, I still didn't want to uh, make further injuries. I didn't want to do anything to my body that um, that um, would injury, it uh, would make, like, give me an injury for life, you know, because I've already had my, I don't have an uh, ACL in my, um, in uh, my right knee as a ski accident um, and I just know how it is to live with a injury and how to like the whole um, yeah that whole thing I just I that was just something that was holding me back and because I'm such a I wanted to keep uh, living my active life after this trip as well um, so for me, it was just, okay, That that's going to be it. But it was very, very hard for me. And it was depressing, especially because I only had 70 kilometers left and stuff like this. The next day, though, to make this story good again, <laughs> um, my uncle, who's an old um, a handball player on a high level, he, um, he messaged me. At this time, it was like um, maybe was it nine or ten in the morning. I had I had just chosen, I didn't even set an alarm because I I just thought I was gonna get up and maybe take the train to Paris and maybe just spend two days in Paris, just and be like, yeah, that was it, guys. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I went to bed crying and it was especially because the hotel I stayed at was a truck driver hotel and it was probably like the most disgusting hotel I've ever stayed at. Um, I had to also share uh, the toilet. (laughs) And I was just like, I, I would rather go back out in nature and pee out there again than I wanted to pee at those toilets. But like, it was just such a sad destination for my journey, you know? It was just like, this is not where it was meant to end. <laughs>
0: you know, a little different was... than the Eiffel Tower. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, it was just all so very depressing. Um, but then, as I said, my uncle messaged me, Are you walking? And I was like, No, I, I sprained my ankle. And he was like, tape that shit up (laughs) and I was like what okay (laughs) because then for me he as he was professional you know he he used to do this he used to play games handball games on a sprained ankle as long as it got taped he said it's good as long as it's taped up and it's warm then you, you can use it hearing this got it confirmed that I didn't care now if it was painful just knowing that people had played handball games or, you know, whatever sort of things on a sprained ankle made me think, then I can do this walk on a sprained ankle, you know. So this was the fear of, like, me injuring myself further that got taken away. Um, so at this time, I luckily, right next to this shitty hotel <laughs> was uh, – massive pharmacy and I went to the pharmacy and the first lady I spoke to, I was like, do you speak English? And she was like, no. And then she pointed on her co-worker. So I went so determined over to this lady. I think she got a bit intimidated, to be fair. (laughs) But then I just threw a big smile just to say, I'm here in peace. I pointed down on my ankle and I said, I need something. I'm going to walk to Paris I'm walking 70 kilometers, I have a sprained ankle, I need something to hold this shit in. <laughs> and this lady, she was so awesome, she, she just put a big smile on her face and she's like, you're coming to the back with me. <laughs> I was like, cool. So she took me to the back of the pharmacy and she tried to like, she found all of these ankle support systems and whatever and we just tried them on. Find a really good one for my ankle. I just hold it really tight, and it was really good. And then we got back uh, out, and she, she just dropped me with like heaps of painkillers. So I was like, "There you go, go to Paris." <laughs> oh, it was just oh, it was such a good moment. Um, and then, well, and then I just I kept on walking. So I walked to the last seventy kilometers of my trip was on a sprained ankle. But it actually, as uh, as my uncle had said, as soon as it was warm, it didn't, it wasn't uh, painful anymore. And it was actually pretty easy to walk on. So, um, I don't, yeah, as I said, I don't know if you have any, you should have it. Well, the strategy is to just know your body, I think. Okay. And know your limits, you know.
0: So, so. did you, did you walk that whole 70 on that last day straight to Paris or what was mm-hmm. the... No nope. split it up okay
1: <laughs> yeah I split it up so i walked 50 um 50 kilometers from Venon to um to something called poise poetry oh man here we go again it's p o i s s y and that was 50 kilometers um and then the last day I only had I, – I made sure that the last day – because I didn't – I knew also I had to take the stairs up in the Eiffel Tower. So I didn't want, like, it to be a super long day of walking. So it was actually uh, only 25 kilometers of walking the last day from Poiss to Paris.
0: Okay. So yeah. on this last day, tell me about, like, what was going through your head. Were you – you know what were you feeling and seeing the Eiffel Tower? You know what was that like?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I woke up in the morning and because my day was so uh, so short, I enjoyed the fact that I didn't have to like stress and you know put all like repack my backpack really fast and blah blah. So I just like took and I took a nice and warm shower. Which was really, really cold because I've just been taking like really short cold showers. Uh so like this nice and warm shower and like I actually I think I, I even put on makeup and stuff like that because I was like, Yeah, I'm going into Paris. <laughs> I need to I need to look properly now.
0: Been <laughs> in the countryside for the last six days. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. My I think it was my was it my no who was it? it was my stepdad who actually suggested I should bring heels and walk up in the eiffel Tower in in heels just to make a statement <laughs> i didn't I didn't <laughs> I was there was not space enough in my backpack <laughs> no but um so you know and then it was um it was such an awesome feeling waking up but I also just it was it was like, you know, how you look forward to Christmas Eve and stuff like that as a child? It wasn't like that sort of excitement, I remember. It was just like, I was just so calm. I just felt very, very calm. And I was just like, wow. And I think it was more like me thinking back of the journey I had just been through and stuff like that. And I, and um, before this entire, like, whilst planning this trip, I went to the police office, uh, to ask, uh, well, put the police station to ask an officer, um, if my route was legal, because I had also read that some people had been arrested for walking on different roads and stuff like that. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't get arrested like an hour into my walk. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, and, um, uh, this policeman, he uh, he he just said to me that <laughs> uh, he, he wished me good luck, and then he told me I was I was insane for doing this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I remember I was just sat <laughs> in my hotel before leaving to go to the Eiffel Tower and thought like. Yeah, I said, thinking back on my journey and, and I was thinking exactly how he said it, that I was insane and I was just like sat nodding for myself saying, yeah, I'm pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is this pretty insane. Uh, and then I, yeah, um, I walked um, for, how long did it take me? It took me like five hours to get there. And um. when I first saw the Eiffel Tower, a tear definitely rolled down my face and was like, whoa, I had, like, a bit of a lump in my throat and it was like, wow, and um, it was definitely a good feeling. It was like, because also, like, on this walk, right, every time I – that was another thing I did with my imagination um, was that whenever I was, like, feeling, you know, the anxiety or was scared or anything, I – uh, or was uh, rethinking why I was doing this, I just pictured myself walking towards the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, that feeling had just like that had pushed me a lot as well the whole way. Just like that, that picturing the, the scenario of me walking towards the Eiffel Tower had get, had got me going so many times in this trip so just like the whole where when i was actually doing it it just it seemed kind of like not realistic i was just like wow this is so fucked (laughs) 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 uh i was just like i think i had been a bit 50 50 the whole trip like the whole journey through even though my determination was definitely saying you're gonna be there you're gonna get there but also just as being a human being and going through some of the obstacles I went through and stuff was also like, well, it's actually pretty, pretty 50-50 if you make it there or not, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um So even though my mind was there, like, there's also, like, <laughs> a big part of me that was like, yeah, maybe you're not going to see the Eiffel Tower, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll die, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, so definitely seeing that Eiffel Tower was amazing and um that that was just walking towards it, that was that was really awesome. Um then I then I got there, actually this is kinda of funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I had of course I had promised everyone that I was gonna go to the top of the Eiffel Tower, right? <laughs> and that um that was like that was that was my final destination, right? I got to this bloody Eiffel Tower. I've been up in the Eiffel Tower before. I've been to Paris uh, a few times before and I was it was definitely I was not in Paris to be in Paris and I was not going up in the Eiffel Tower to look at the view, right? I had a I had a goal by reaching the top of the Eiffel Tower besides the view, right? But I got there and there was a line. First there was a line of an uh, of on an hour just to get into the whole Eiffel Tower area, pure filled with tourists. I was just standing in this hour, and then I hope that, well, I hope that I could. Um, I thought this was the only queue, so I was like, yeah, this is positive. There's an hour, and the sun is setting in an hour, so I can maybe be up there by sunset, and it can be really beautiful, and like, be sort of like, oh, you know. <laughs> 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 but then. <laughs> After I was, in, so I was in this line for an hour, and then I got into like the. Then you actually queue up to queue up. That's so oh man. So after this queue, there's another queue, and this queue was like three hours.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was in the queue for the Eiffel Tower for three and a half hours in total, and I <laughs> and. It got, and I only had, I had, I hadn't brought a jacket on my trip. I had, I only had a jumper because I knew I was going to be moving, you know, I was going to, I was going to sweat and stuff. So I didn't, for me, I didn't need a jacket, only like a raincoat or something because I didn't need the heat, because I got, I got that from walking, right? So I had, I was just standing there in my hoodie. (laughs) It was just so cold, and it was, I was standing there in this line. And I just felt like, oh man, I should have emailed this Eiffel Tower before getting here saying that I was doing so they could just escort me up there. I was like, <laughs> it's, you, know, you know, this is when you expect them to stand there with like food and blankets and like a little throne for me or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just had to line up like everyone else, uh, which was cool. Um, but I, I called my mom during these three hours and told her, mom, Next time I do anything this drastic in my life, uh, I wanna I wanna end the journey in a less touristic place. <laughs> and my mom even said like just ah oh, don't go up there you you are there you're at the Eiffel Tower it's fine just go have some dinner and I was like no I have to go up to the top I'm <laughs> you now and to be fair when I reached the top of the Eiffel Tower I I did break down in tears again because it was it, it was worth the three hours of waiting. Um and the, because that was when I really felt okay, I I've made it, um this is done. Um but it was it was a bit funny the whole touristic sort of scenario and like me just having walked to Paris and then having to stand there having like oh man <laughs> Um But um it was definitely incredible and awesome to reach that goal Um and then Went back down, celebrated with uh, buying a steak and a creme brulee, <laughs> And then I took a cab to the airport, and then I slept in the airport. Uh, well, I actually, I didn't sleep at all. Uh, I couldn't fall asleep. It was too cold. And the, uh, my flight was back to London at uh, 6.50 in the morning. Ew, uh, ew. Yeah. And then I came. <laughs> came back to London, uh, took the train back from Gatwick Airport, which was also kind of uh, funny because that was like my first destination to walk there, uh, was to Gatwick Airport. So having to like just take the train back from there was kind of like a bit funny to think back, oh, I walked this (laughs) a week ago. (laughs) Um, uh, Came home, bought a frozen pizza made that for breakfast and then I slept for I think I actually slept for 25 hours straight. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> That's
0: incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was I I needed that. <laughs> I was so tired.
0: <laughs> I can only imagine. Jeez. Yeah. Um so can you back to some of the kind of emotion behind why you why you did this that uh, we talked about right at the beginning. Can you tell mm. me a little bit more about uh, the Mind Charity and like why you chose to raise money for them throughout this?
1: Yeah, well, um, the Mind Charity is such a nice charity and it's um, it basically has this um, saying that it's like, we won't stop until everyone with a mental issue have got um, the support and respect they need. That's like, that's the... Uh, to live by motto or whatever you call it. And I think what they do is just incredible and they support uh, mental health in so many good ways. And, um, um, yeah, so that was, it wasn't really a, uh, there was no question that that's just what I was, and, like, it was so well put together with the whole. Also, for me, this is also a thing, is that uh, when I was dealing with, uh, I went through a life style change transformation two years ago when I went through um, my mental health issues and that was actually what helped me through it and got me you know back to uh, feeling good again was, uh, was uh, the gym and being active. Uh, and I um, I lost 15 kilos in one year and gained back 10 in pure muscle and became a personal trainer and all this sort of stuff um and I think it really so um it was kind of like also uh, a thing to uh, show how um uh, how exercise in general can uh, just go in and help um, your uh, mentality and how you as i as i told you the gym had actually helped me a lot through this journey um i think in life in general it can help a lot so it was it's kind of like um, supporting the mental health was so um what well, oh, i i don't know this english word <laughs> um it was so well obvious I can not say, I think I can use that word. It was so obvious to me that it it had to be mental health um, because it was like I was doing this activity, I was walking and it was for mental health and it was just to show people that there are ways uh, you can get over not feeling well and not being okay. And um, um, yeah, so it was like mental health, walking. Yeah, it all came together as one if that makes sense
0: okay um probably doesn't no it does definitely does (laughs) okay (laughs) um could you uh, i think on your fundraising page you talked about a little bit during this period of your life where you felt like you were just in a bottle of negativity Mm. um and when you're kind of going through these things could you describe that a little bit more and Mm. just kind of share on your your time in that uh in that state
1: definitely um well, I was um, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, you you can't always control why you start to feel the way you feel, and for me it was. Oh, here goes the dog.
0: <laughs> There's a dog.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for me um, it was um, actually uh, after a breakup with a boyfriend. Um, so I had my heart broken. It's it's such a cliché. I hate saying it, but it actually it it made me. Go down with anxiety and depression, also because, um, been, well, me and um, this boyfriend, we had been in a, re- in a long distance uh, relationship, and uh, he was from Australia. So I had actually lived my life for him for like two and a half years, where, um, you know, so I, because my, my life was all about how to bring the two of us together so we can spend time together for two and a half years where I had not thought one moment, what do Ulina wants to do? What do I want to do with my life? Like it was sort of like, if, if that makes sense. Um, um, so I think when he broke up, uh, it wasn't so much losing him and stuff that's sad as well, but it was more the fact that I found myself in a place in my life where I had no fucking clue what to do with my life. <laughs> and it, 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 it made me so scared because also I'm not a book smart person. So educational wise, I wasn't really, uh, I only had my ski instructor, uh, education, which, uh, was, um, but I had, uh, uh, had my knee injury and stuff. So I just, I felt kind of lost at this time. And I think a lot of things was just like bumbling down and I felt I just became, and then I think when a person tells you that they, like, a, a person who really just knows you deep down tells you that they don't want you in your life anymore. Then that hurts a lot. And that really got to me. And that made me bitter. And that made me think that, oh, love doesn't exist. and Everyone are assholes. Everything is shit. <laughs> I, just, I just turned into, yeah, this massive bubble of everything was shit. And nothing mattered. I was like, because... I think I grew up, um, I grew up thinking that, um, that, um, that love conquers everything, but it clearly does not. So, but, but, you know, it was just like this feeling of, I don't know, of pure negativity and my family and friends were there for me and stuff like that. But I actually, I went into like, uh i had days where i actually did not want to be alive um and i broke down i had anxiety attacks at my job um i would literally stand and talk to a customer and then break down and shake and and cry and stuff at my job it was really embarrassing um and um i had to quit my job because i i i don't know why I, it just hit me really really hard this experience hit me very hard um but luckily for me, um, my support my support system is, is really very good. And also, um, I then found the gym. I actually one day I was I was I was in my bed and I was crying and I, was, I felt very worthless after this experience as well. Um, and I just um, I remember just becoming angry instead of sad I, I had these angry feelings and I I just became very determined and I went I remember I went and looked myself in the mirror and just was like I'm gonna show you <laughs> I just got really really angry so I bought a gym mat and a uh, and a jump rope I, I, I took the car and drove up and 15 minutes later I was back and then I was in my garden just skipping away on this bloody jump rope and, like, doing um, doing sit-ups on this gym mat. I remember my family coming home, just looking out in the garden, looking at me like I was like, I lost my mind. <laughs> and I was just like, I kept doing this for, like, an entire month. Every day I was just in the garden on that jump rope. And I was like, it was the only thing that made me feel good and made me feel, like, better again. Um and eventually, I moved the whole thing up to the gym, and I don't know just exercising and then support system everything made me feel a lot better and then i moved to moved to London three months later, which also of course did a lot for me because um well, you're in a different place, different area, you don't have too many like the all the negative thoughts kind of like got deleted by having to um replace myself and stuff like that so um i think i just tried to like yeah um i don't know how i got it turned around but i did and that's that was awesome and so that's why i became a personal trainer as well is because i realized how much um exercise and exercise whenever you exercise it gives you happy endorphins right and um and eating healthy and all this. It's just like I got this whole brand new positive side on life after that. And I um, also, I used to be very fixed-minded uh, where I developed like a very growth mindset after starting to exercise and stuff. And, fixed mind, and a fixed mindset is a sort of uh, where that would be like, if you take it as an example, it would be in a classroom, um, someone who... Um, if someone fails a test, like a math test or someone something, if a person with a fixed mindset would say, um, um, "Oh, I'm shit at this. I'm never gonna do that again." Right? Where a person with uh, with a growth mindset will say, "Oh, I didn't do well. I I will sit down and then I'll learn." You know? So instead of just giving up straight away, you 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 learn stuff, right? So I for me that that's how it helped everything. Um, is that it gave me a growth mindset and instead of just giving up on everything right away, I started to just like learn a lot more. So it it opened up my mindset, it made me happy, it made me healthy and yeah, so of course I became a personal trainer in order to uh, to give this uh experience to other people and to help them through that. Yeah.
0: So um <clears throat> sorry, no during those, during those days where, um, like, and that period where you were in like your worst negative states and you know, like, you, some of those days where you felt like you didn't want to live and just were in those really bad parts and didn't quite have discovered mm. exercise yet. Like what, what were you telling yourself to, to kind of keep going and like, what, what were some of the struggles you faced with those days and how did you kind of get through those?
1: Um. So, um. Oh, it's it's also hard because it's it's a bit like that uh, that black forest actually. (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of like you don't want to keep going, but you 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 sort of have to. (laughs) Um. I think the the black forest. That's that was my great depression.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's all connected.
1: Yeah, all connected, exactly. Um, no, but um, I, um, as, as I said, the, the support system I had uh, and, like, my own emotions was like, I don't know, I just had this little voice and the same, like, the same, okay, this is how I see it, right? And the, it this might not make sense. It might make a lot of sense. I don't know, because I think we, we all see things differently <laughs> and do things differently. But for me... Um probably eighty percent maybe eighty five maybe ninety percent of my thoughts were all negative and very um you can't do shit sort of things, and then i just ha i feel like I had those five percent left of me ten five percent left of me, where I had a i don't know, I just knew myself well enough that I deserved to respect myself and to not. I deserved better and I deserved to be happy because also I traveled um, before he broke up with me, my ex-boyfriend, uh, we traveled South America together um, on a trip that I bought. Sorry. also, Anyways. We traveled South America and I remember crying of pure happiness. I was at... Um, in between uh, uh, Argentina and Brazil, there's a massive fall called Iguazzo Falls. And it's basically one of the, I think it's the biggest fall in the world after Niagara. Well, there's definitely, there's 200 falls in one area. And it's just filled with fall, like waterfalls and rainbows. And it's just like, it it's incredibly amazing place to be. And we went on this um, uh, rubber boat, um underneath the, the waterfalls and I just had this moment of like water splashing in my face and there was a rainbow over there and a waterfall over there and you know it was just such a beautiful moment in life and I cried of happiness and also in Canada one time I cried of happiness and I think these moments are worth collecting in your life and worth remembering. I had this time in Canada where um I had just arrived and I lived up in the mountains and I was in this small town called Lake Louise and all the um, all the electricity had gone and I was um out early in the morning and I just saw a billion stars on the sky. Um and I had never seen a shooting star in my life and I saw maybe seven shooting stars in a row here. it was just like, I've never seen a night sky like that before in my life. And I was just sat there alone. And again, crying a little bit of happiness because I was just like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. And I think those moments were moments that I thought back off on my negative times. And I was like, that is life and that's worth, you know, living for. And uh, I want to experience more moments in my life like that where I just feel in absolute happiness and just feel in peace and stuff like that. Um, And so I think actually that got me motivated as well to like, well, I felt that I had to respect not just me as a person, but my life that, you know, you, you have this one life and I just felt that I didn't have time to stay negative. I wanted to like go back in my, I, I'm such a positive person. I was even before my, um, it was only after this life experience I turned into this negative person. Beforehand I was traveling the world. I was I was always, people had always uh, told me how they could hear my laugh from like miles away. And I don't know, it's just um, those compliments and life experiences of, of happy moments Thinking back on those moment moments just made me realize that that, that was where I was gonna go again. I, I wanted to go get back to that, so I think that motivated me to get like to get to try my best to get rid of the negativity, because a lot of like actually the the uh, big issue with mental health is that um, people um, don't uh, seek the help and they, they, because they, especially with depression, actually 80% percent of have read, um, I'm not saying this as a fact, I've just read it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> 80% of depressions get cured, but the 20% that doesn't is, it's not because they don't, uh, it's, it's actually because they don't try. They just, they don't seek help. They don't seek therapy and stuff like that. And I think when you have a mental, health issue it's so so important to seek this help and to try to get get away from it because everyone would be surprised how not it's not easy i'm not saying it's easy at all but actually how much it helps to get help if that makes sense (laughs) um what about
0: because i'm sure there's people out there and maybe you experienced this a little bit too but was there ever times where like you knew you should get help, but like you almost didn't want to, or you <clears throat> you felt like like mm-hmm. you like you knew you needed to do this, but like it'd almost be such a big change, or like it'd be hard to put in the work to start improving, even though you knew you wanted to. Like, how did you ever yeah. feel like that, or like if someone is feeling like you know, I know I should get help, I know I should reach out to an organization or friends or family, but like. I'm scared to or I don't want to like how do you push through those type of things?
1: For me it was it was it's I don't know even even though I have a very close relationship to my mom it's um it was um um actually on a daily basis it was really hard for me to tell her that I wasn't happy because also I didn't like uh I didn't want my mom to think that I was unhappy um, so I, I actually, but then, then, then I went out and started drinking and got home really drunk. And then the fact that I was screaming and crying whenever I got home was pretty revealing that I wasn't feeling quite okay. <laughs> um, so here's my advice, go get drunk and then you can seek help. <laughs> no, no, of course not. But, um, but I remember having a hard time. Uh, also because I didn't want to be that negative person. And I didn't, sorry, I have a dog crawling on me right now. <laughs> Hunter, sit down, sit down. Okay, sorry. Um, I, it, it is, I see why it's hard to seek help and stuff. But I think um, I definitely had um moments. I think for me, I think it was kind of the opposite. I think I should have sought help um at some point just to have someone to talk to i think i needed what i needed back then was a uh was a well a stranger or someone i didn't really know to talk to and to confirm that whatever I was feeling was was normal you know and there wasn't anything wrong with me because i felt as if there was something really wrong with me um and i would have loved and but like I would have loved as a, a professional to have told me that it was okay, not to be okay, and this stuff. Um, but I, I never actually seek help uh, because I think my, um, in the like the time I was feeling like this was so short. It was it lasted for three or four months before I started to slowly get better again. So, but I think if if the feelings had gone on further than that, I would definitely have seek help at some point. Um, um, but I would just advise people to seek help and just like, and don't not necessarily call it help, but then just like someone to talk to and just like, I I've talked to I know a few people who have dealt with depression as well and anxiety and uh, I actually know a fair few people who suffers from some mental health problems. Uh well actually it it's one in every four people, so you can like everyone knows someone. Um but um I think what they have um done is that I'm sorry, these thoughts are being very distracting right <laughs> now. It's okay. <laughs> um basically I think um uh, that seeking help is um well they have told me that's where i came from sorry um they have told me that uh, uh one of them have been in like a meet up group where they where they go like people with a depression go and meet up together and like sort of like talk together about it and that has helped her a lot because she now feels like she's that that's the worst part about a mental Help is that you feel like you're sort of alone and you feel like you're the, the only person in the world who feels like this but acknowledging and knowing that other people are feeling like that too and you're not um, it's that it is normal and it is okay that is a massive help just knowing that so I think yeah she said that just knowing that like being able to talk to other people about her experience without people sort of like not understanding her and stuff like that, that was very helpful.
0: Yeah, I can see how just talking about it can be so important. I mean, even just like this conversation, um, I don't think anyone really wants to consider themselves as someone who is super anxious or depressed or or mm. be labeled as someone who has some mental health. Like, But the reality is, is there are many people who face that yeah so definitely. and like you said you know if it's one out of four people there's a probably a lot more people out there who you wouldn't think have those yeah. have that going on yeah. and obviously if you're out with people you kind of put on the front and oh everything's good and blah 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 um, yeah but yeah that's why i think just talking about it can be so important and is it definitely. something that like you said it kind of lasted pretty heavily for you for like three or four months yeah. Yeah. is it something like you've still dealt with in the last few months or years like is it something that you feel like you can pretty much overcome and if you place I've, good habits and things into your life then exactly. you'll be okay
1: it's the good habits you just mentioned is that I have established a lot of good habits over um, the last well after this it, I, it became a goal for me to just become all over strong both physically and mentally um so um also I've I've read a lot of psychology uh well I've researched it right so every time now where I'm faced with something unknown or some a feeling or a life situation where I, I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling I actually go research it and this is for me something that has helped a lot Uh, just as well we live in a world today where you can google everything right um so just being able to like um sort of get the i think if you know uh the reason for the problem then then it's easier for you to solve the problem right so I've, i've basically lived um uh from that knowing that Um, in the last few years, and sometimes I still feel, and I do still, like, for an example, I just made um, a new friend here in London, and she's from Denmark as well, and uh, we had this weekend where we were going to go out, and um, I have, because I've made some good habits in my life, and I know these good habits, I know, okay, if I start to not do these good habits, if i started to not go to the gym if i started not to do all the small things i have like um, gotten as good habits over the last couple of years i would probably end up in a pretty anxious place <laughs> mentally and um so i had this weekend and she was we were actually going to go out and then i have learned to say no and to know myself um went to uh, went to back out and uh, because I felt that uh, this weekend i I wanted to focus more on me and wanted to do things that were good for me because I started to become a little bit stressed in my head and I started to like feel discomfort mentally and being like not in the place where I wanted to be I was not I was not unhappy but I was not really like I just had a lot of things going on so I told her hey I'm not gonna go out drinking this weekend I'm just gonna stay at home and blah, 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 and I'm feeling uh, because I, I feel like I need to solve all these things, otherwise I'll become a bit anxious. This is a girl I had known for, known for two weeks, and I literally put it out there straight away that, hey, uh, I need to take care of myself. I'm feeling a bit anxious, right? And she immediately said, oh, my God, I know that feeling, and it's all cool, and it's it's fine. We'll go out next weekend this is an approach that I'm going to approach people with, um, like being open about it for me as well, because then first of all, then, whoa, she knows that feeling too. Okay. So I don't have to feel weird about it. (laughs) Second of all, then in the future, you have a friend who already knows about your mentality and how you sometimes feel not okay. And then they can be a friend for you instead of, I think a lot of, um, so depression, uh, for an example, have a lot of side effects on you. It can be um, you you feel very tired. You're not very – depressed people can tend to be not very punctual, so like show up late to stuff and uh, not get up at all and all these sort of things, right? And I think um, for me, I had a friend who, who has a severe depression and um, – If I hadn't had known she had a depression, I don't think I would have been friends with her because I have been standing in the rain for three hours waiting for her, you know? But she never showed up. If I hadn't known that there was a reason for that and thinking that she was just an asshole, I probably wouldn't have been friends with her, right? But knowing the reason why... Sometimes, like if your friend has a depression, then you you can forgive them for, for you know, sometimes not answering. She also has like a, where she doesn't want to pick up the phone because she doesn't like talking on the phone. She likes texting just all these things so I think if you make your friends and family aware of how you're feeling and stuff it becomes better for everyone and then you you can feel like everyone is accepting how you're feeling as well a lot more than instead of you hiding it and keep feeling bad um because you you oh, you didn't make it to your friends or you came an hour late and then you didn't show up at all because you were so embarrassed that you were an hour late and uh, an hour late and stuff like this. I think that that that's something that um you can work on as well with a depression is that you you well or mental health is it's like be open about it because there are a lot of people out there who are actually feeling and going through similar things, um so even though you feel like you're all alone, you're definitely not.
0: So what can, like, in your experience or in other experiences you've been a part of, if there's someone else that you know, whether that's a friend or family member, like, what have you found that other people can do to help that person? Like, or when mm-hmm. your friends and family members were kind of helping you through uh, your few months, like, yeah. what did you find that, like, helped you out? that they were doing or some things that they did or didn't do more importantly, maybe that like you felt was like, you know, thanks for doing this and like understanding, like, was there anything that stands out in that regard?
1: Definitely. So, um, I, I, I think, um, you should be careful about doing is, is to try to actually help too much, if that makes sense. Like don't become a, 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 a therapist, For this person, because that's that's not what they need. It's it's well, it it might be, but it's not what they need you as a friend to do. Um, but it's, it's just let this person know that you're there for them. I think that is so important. It's not necessarily solving the problem, saying, "Oh, you should try this," or "Hey, have you seen these attempt ten top things you can do?" Or you know, because all of this is like, it's 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 not like even though it's it's out of uh, you wanting to do something good and being helpful, it's actually not really helping. It can actually just put a lot of pressure on this person because they they might think that oh oh this. This person wants me to to be different or something, or wants me to like. It's just it's some pressure you put on the person, telling them, and then oh, I better do these ten things or something. Like it's like um, then it becomes pressure instead of you know what you should do if you have a um, person with uh, mental health issues. You should tell them that you're there for them and you you uh, you feel that you're you're sorry they're going through what they're going through but their emo like whatever they're feeling right now that that's not going to be the same feelings they have in the future necessarily and um that you're there for them if you if they need your help um and then let them ask you questions let them come to you and talk to you and stuff um because i think it's 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 also important not to put pressure on the person
0: was there anything that um like you found to be really helpful for yourself, like resource wise, other than um, like exercise, like was, you said you kind of looked into psychology and tried to understand what was going on and that seemed to help a lot. Like, were there any books or like websites or groups you joined that you would recommend that other people could check out?
1: Um, Actually, not specific. I literally just go on Google and say <laughs> and then the uh, you know, so I don't even have any specific websites or anything unfortunately. Um I would have loved to like give out some stuff but I I don't I've what I do is like um like when whenever I felt anxious I just Google why am I feeling anxious and why am I why why do I feel like this and blah 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 and then there's like some good sources and then when you find out you kind of go like oh that makes sense right and like okay and then I don't know but I don't unfortunately I don't have anything specific to give out or any books or anything like that
0: okay no worries (laughs) (laughs) um so what is next for you do you think like you've done this pretty cool challenge the walking challenge for yourself you've um, become a personal trainer and kind of really improved your your state in the moment and like do you have any other big physical goals like this walking thing do you have anything else um, you want to do to like help other people like what's um, coming up for you I guess
1: well actually so I'm moving to Barcelona in March and um, sorry I have a. And she's
0: the Sounds yeah. like she's attacking you right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: she basically is. Hunter, sit down. She's called Hunter as well, which is funny. Um, so I am moving to Barcelona, and I had a, the travel group I posted my story, and um, a lot of the girls um, commented on the story and told me I should uh, check out their Camino walk. Uh, Camino Diego Camino, I think it's pronounced C A M I. No, anyways, it's like a eight hundred kilometer long walk uh, through France and Spain, but it's like a it's like pilgrim trails put together. Um. Anyways, it looked really really awesome, and it might be something I would look into do when I move down to Spain. And but that I don't have um. Uh, I don't have my mind set on anything yet, specifically. No, okay. so there's, yeah, for now I'm just gonna relax a little bit. <laughs> Probably uh, well
0: deserved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy that. I don't have to walk sixty kilometers. Yeah, I'll let if...
0: your feet recover a little bit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just had my first. I a well. It's a week and a day ago I came home and I just had my first proper gym session yesterday I literally had a week rest where I've just it's funny my body actually I was expecting my body to just be very sore uh but um I, I actually felt as if I had been lying in a hospital bed for a week <laughs> that, that was how I felt after I, I just felt very weak you know I was like I felt like I and that was <laughs> that was like that was really shit because normally I like to feel strong, you know, <laughs> as a gym person, and then just feeling like you couldn't move really and just be like tired and weak. That was just like, oh, I want to get back to being like, like having my full strength again. So, but it's it's coming back now, so that's good.
0: <laughs> Is um where are you at with um? You said you were. Th- gonna start a blog i think you said strong with uh alina
1: yeah definitely yeah where are you
0: at with that process
1: yeah i'm probably a couple of weeks from publishing it Um, maybe only one it depends i'm working two jobs right now and um and i'm also studying to become a nutrition advisor on this on the side so i have like a lot of things in the air right now so um and I have to sort of prioritize everything because uh, my jobs are my income, and th- this is my study for my future education. So right now, I, I cannot 100% prioritize my time in this block, which I- is is it sucks a little bit because I have a lot of good things to like put out there. I think like sometimes I'm like damn, I wish I had my blog right now, because then I could write this about this, you know, so it's like, oh, so it's definitely coming to its point where I just want to publish it, so I can just, like, get my thoughts out there, and, like, it's, like, it's going to be a blog about just feeling strong, both on the inside and the outside, and just, like, the methods I've used, and stuff that I, like, knowledge I've gained on both, like, mindset and nutrition, and and um and fitness just um i hope people will go read it and maybe it can help some people uh, or inspire some
0: where can uh someone follow when you will have this posted or like is there some way to sign up for emails or like um basically asking for myself how can i know when you actually (laughs) get this going and i can check it out and read some of the things you post
1: Um, well, um, it will definitely, if you follow me on Instagram, um, Scandi, uh, undercut Olina, then, uh, I will definitely post, uh, either on the photos or in my story whenever I like publish the blog, um, in there, because that's like my Instagram is like where I have my followers so that I feel like that's like the audience I want to. Try to hit also because it's a lot of um, gym people and stuff like that.
0: Okay, cool. I will link that in the show notes so people can uh, can get that um and yeah, sorry, I know we're kind of coming up on our time here. Um, yeah, is there anything that I haven't asked about or we haven't really talked about that you'd wanna address or bring up?
1: Um, no, I think we've been around everything actually. Yeah, I'm just taking a minute.
0: Do you think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if actually, not, then I'm think...
0: I'm glad that yeah. means I did my job. So <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm also known to be quite the talker. So. <laughs> I have that from my dad, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> no, I I like that for it's good for podcasting cuz
1: Yeah, I, I reckon it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot yeah, better than uh, someone who doesn't like to talk.
1: Yeah, it it, it I'm I'm going to tell my mom and it it came to good use for what?
0: <laughs> okay, so um Instagram would be the best way to reach you if someone wants to reach out or ask a question or follow up or anything.
1: Yeah, definitely. Also Facebook, just under my name, people can, people can message me in there. But, um, yeah, Instagram is, is probably the place to find me right now. Yeah.
0: Okay. And what's your, um, the fundraising page? The The fundraising?
1: Yes. And, um, it's still going so people can still donate. um, Actually, um, and it is now. I need the website name here. Two seconds. Um, well, it is just giving, I can tell you that right now. I don't know why. My uh, oh, here we go. So, any Wi Fi coming through? Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> it's always a uh, technology problems. Um, Okay, right. This is just working super, super, super slow. I'm just going to take it from my phone instead.
0: I, I think I up. actually have it up. If Do you I, have it? I think so. Let me. I'll say it and let me know if it's the right one. It looks like the right one. Um, so it's www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Olena dash S dash
1: yeah that's that's the one
0: all right and i'll link that too so you can just click on it instead of having to type it in (laughs)
1: perfect that is perfect (laughs)
0: sweet um
1: yeah
0: and yeah is there uh any final parting thoughts or words you want to say to our listeners
1: um you can do anything you set your mind to (laughs) love
0: it Yes, you can. That
1: was about it. Yep.
0: (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for for joining me today. This was a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really glad to uh, you're able to share your story, and hopefully uh, this finds the right people who need it.
1: Yeah, I hope so.
0: All right. Well, thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and until next time. Hey everyone, Lee here again real quick with the question of the episode, which is when have you pushed yourself to do something you previously thought you were not capable of doing? Head to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash E-O-C-P-16, that's the number 16, six, and leave your answer or story in the comment section at the bottom of the post. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to reading your answers. Cheers.